You're listening to the Ministry 127 podcast, a complimentary resource for today's spiritual leader. The purpose of Ministry 127 is to aid Christians in developing a biblical philosophy of ministry. Ministry 127 is a growing online library aimed at assisting ministry workers with Bible-based resources and is a ministry of Pastor Paul Chapel, the Lancaster Baptist Church, and West Coast Baptist College. For more information, visit ministry127.com and subscribe to the Ministry 127 podcast for more practical lessons for today's Christian worker. Today's lesson is supporting the message without becoming the message taught by Andrew Jones. Andrew serves at Lancaster Baptist Church as the print media director and the managing editor of The Baptist Voice magazine, which you can learn more about at thebaptistvoice.com. Now let's learn about supporting the message without becoming the message. Well, the church started back in 1986, and uh, we celebrated Sunday, 23 years of ministry. My family and I, we celebrated uh, 20 years of ministry. Uh, At this church, we came back in 1989, uh, back in the old building. In fact, uh, I looked at this picture a little more closely this week and uh, saw myself right there in the front row. And uh, I thought, that's me, sixth grade, and... uh, pulling my pants up, I think, there, and, uh, but it was on the front row, and we've been here ever since, and we've had a wonderful time. Just to tell you a little bit about what I do here in the ministry, my primary job is to be the managing editor, editor of the Baptist Voice, also the design uh, artist for that, and so we sit down uh, with a team of people, and uh, graphically, I, I do my best to come up with a theme uh, that's trendy, relevant, as well as that speaks to the needs uh, we put that together. Uh, we collect uh, articles from various staff members, some outside people. And again, Pastor Chapel is the executive editor as well as the publisher, and he, he has uh, the majority of the input, and uh, we do our best to support him in that area. Uh, on the side, I'll do book covers for Striving Together uh, as part of my um, job description. And then also, uh, one of my primary jobs uh, here in the ministry is the uh, PowerPoint. All that you see this week, the PowerPoint. Uh, even in the sessions, I just made a template. Everybody's using the same template, except for us. We're using a different one. Uh, but um, in this case, uh, we made the slides uh, uh, several weeks ago, and uh, I'm also in charge of putting the uh, presentations together that you see this week. Uh, when we moved back into the uh, auditorium that you sat in this morning, back in 1999, it was the first time we ever had screens. In fact, when Pastor introduced... Uh, in the North Auditorium that we were going to move into the auditorium we're in now, uh, he said, not only will we have one screen, we'll have two. He said, I don't even know what we're going to put on, and maybe we'll put signs that just say, wake up, wake up. And in fact, uh, that first service, if you'll see there, we didn't even use the screens. Uh, We didn't know what to do with them. And uh, for several weeks after that, eventually we uh, put the songs up there, and then we began just putting really a, a a graphic that was the theme graphic for the year, and that's all we used it for. And uh, again, it's developed. But if you remember, uh, really, this is a new innovation that's really coming to churches and has become just an ever-growing trend, uh, screens, and that was kind of our first experience back in 1999. Now, uh, I love what Abraham Lincoln said. He said, nearly all men can stand adversity, but if you want to test a man's character, give him power. Point. Uh, so, uh, what we're talking about today is sometimes PowerPoint can't test our uh, character and our innovation, sometimes we overuse it. And that's what we're talking about today, uh, presenting the message without overdoing it. And so hopefully some things we say will, will be a help to you. In fact, uh, just to understand the potential and how strong a presentation 
uh, can be, I thought about uh, uh, Al Gore. And uh, Al Gore, in October 2007, won the Nobel Peace Prize for global warming. And the only reason uh, that I read, a lot of people said, is because he had such an effective presentation. And it had nothing to do with uh, necessarily him as a presenter or um, really his message. It was just the fact that uh, he did it well. And he had wonderful graphics, great support, and uh, did a great job with that. On the other hand, I heard a negative uh, way that PowerPoint was used, and maybe you've heard this as well, but back in February of 2003, many of you remember the Columbia accident that took place, that uh, space shuttle was wheeled out there and uh, took off from the launch pad, but then it wasn't just a short time later that uh, a vapor trail was seen over Palestine, Texas, and uh, the shuttle went down. And uh, for the next several months, weeks, uh, they try to put the pieces together and figure out what in the world happened to cause that uh, ac accident, such a horrible accident. And as was expected, the ship's foam insulation was the main cause of the disaster. But the board also fingered another unusual culprit, and that was PowerPoint, Microsoft's well-known slide program. NASA, uh, the board argued, had become too reliant on presenting complex information via PowerPoint instead of by means of traditional ink and paper technical reports. And that's what the New York Times said. I made that up. And uh, they said that was primarily the reason. In fact, uh, it went on to say that it is easy to understand how a senior manager might read this PowerPoint slide and not realize that it is addressing a life-threatening situation. And because of that, because of a poor presentation, uh, seven people lost their lives. Now, uh, I think that when we present uh, even a PowerPoint message for our pastor, whatever venue we do, it, I think that's probably where the stakes are the highest. Uh, people's souls are in the balance. And uh, I was able to see a church not long ago streaming, a large church here in Southern California, I watched their streaming, and they threw up the PowerPoint on the streaming there. And wonderful church, great graphics in the sense of their media was just top-notch. But when it came time for their PowerPoint presentation, uh, it was hideous. And uh, it looked like uh, uh, it, so, somebody threw it together very quickly, and I really think it denigrated that effectiveness in their ministry. And so, uh, not to be facetious with this, but it is something that we should give considerable attention to with the fact, are we being effective in our PowerPoint? Now, I like what one parent said. Gary Staggert said, the good news is that my daughter's teachers are at last beginning to use computers. The bad news is they are using them to make PowerPoint presentations. And uh, sometimes people have PowerPoint in their hands, and that gives them power, and uh, they really have no point uh, to that power. And uh, he talked about a story about his teacher in 10th grade. Uh, she got her first overhead projector, and it was just wonderful to her, and she used that all the time. And, and uh, he said he didn't remember it being any more interesting, the lessons, but the fact that she was excited, she had a new, new toy. And uh, we don't want to be that way uh, in our churches in the sense that we have a new toy that we can use. We don't know what to use it for, but we've got it. Let's use it. We want to make sure we're using it effectively. Now, I put the notes there in your hands, and uh, if, as you saw, unlike probably the other notes, there are no fill-in-the-blanks. I have about 200 slides we're going to show you, and I don't want you to miss any. So that's primarily we didn't give you blanks. But you have the outline there in front of you, and you can refer back to it uh, as need be. But I broke down the lesson today in uh, three points. Number one, uh, or three parts. And uh, uh, number one, I'm going to give you the philosophy of presentations. Hopefully this will change your paradigm, the way you uh, view a presentation. You'll never look at it the same again after uh, I talked to you about some things. Uh, the second thing I would say is I'm going to show you how to prepare a presentation or PowerPoint. Again, when I say PowerPoint, I mean presentation. 
You may use Keynote as we're using today. Whatever software you use, we're just talking about presentations. And then thirdly, I'm going to show you how we've used presentations here at our church and how they've been used, I think, effectively. And so um, with that thought in mind, here's a quote. All of our students a Texas public school district said are getting laptops, and now we're desperately trying to figure out something for them to do on them. So the students were getting laptops, and these people who uh, probably were behind a generation had no idea what to do with them, and so we want to make sure that we're doing it effectively. Now, I think uh, a book that was recently uh, sold entitled Don't Make Me Think is a great philosophy to go into the idea of making a presentation. People don't like to think, and so really, as a, uh, as a preacher, presenter, you want to make sure that you're helping the audience think about what you want them to think about, not what they want to think about. I'm told that 7% of the major area of college studies uh, for presentation software. When people go to college or whatever, only 7% of people actually uh, do any type of study for presentations, and that's kind of unfortunate. And, uh, you know, when you think, even as a kid, we inerrantly are visual by nature. Uh, you know, kids are coloring things, they're drawing pictures. Today, uh, when I design a Baptist voice or a slide, somebody will start to say, this is what we need, and I'll just take out a piece of paper and start scratching it out. You don't have to be a good artist. Nobody sees that, just you and the person you're working with. Uh, but it helps to visualize it, so just inherently we're all like that. Now, making bad slides is easy, but it will negatively affect your effectiveness in ministry. Everybody, we've all probably done it, it's easy to make a terrible-looking slide. And, uh, but when you do that, it really does diminish your effectiveness. Now, I'm told 30-plus uh, million pe presentations are made every day across the globe while we are sitting here, and unfortunately many of them probably are done ineffectively. And with that thought in mind, just to give you a couple things to think about, what do people remember? This may be review for some of you, but I'm told that 10% of what you read, you remember. I'm told that 20% of what you hear, you remember. So hopefully you'll remember more from the session. 30% uh, of what you see, you will remember. But check this out, 70% of what you hear and see, you will remember. And you are not only hearing me today, but you are seeing the visual, so hopefully you'll retain more. And that is a 350% increase from what you hear, 250% increase from what you see. Now, to give you the purpose of a presentation, simply it's two words. It is communicating visually. Unfortunately, a lot of people, when they go to make a presentation, they uh, think that in order for the audience to understand what they're talking about, they need to give them every single detail, and that is wrong. That would be like uh, you asking me, uh, what time is it? And instead of giving you the time, I give you the detailed instructions for how a clock works. And so that's not how presentations are supposed to be. Uh, they're supposed to mainly just be there for support. Uh, we've all made bad slides before. Here's examples. People at, were asked what is wrong with most slides. People said the graphics were cluttered. They said there was just way too much on a slide. They said the slide looked like an eye chart. Uh, some people said the slide looked like a data dump. And I think the reason for this is because people confuse a presentation as document syndrome. People treat a presentation, as we're doing right here, as a document. Understand, they're two vitally different uh, mediums. Uh, a presentation is a presentation. A document is, uh, is what you hand out, as what you have in your hands. They're different. Don't confuse the two. Don't make your slide a document, and uh, uh, it will leave the audience confused. They won't understand, what is this? Sometimes uh, uh, people will say, uh, I can't be at your session or your staff meeting or whatever meeting you're having and you're having a PowerPoint, no problem. Just send me your slides and I'll catch up on what you talked about. But if your slides are done right, uh, slides should never be treated as handouts because it won't make sense. 
and we'll talk about that later on. So again, understand they're two different things. They're presentations, a presentation, a document's a document. Uh, I broke it down here in three simple uh, ways. Um, number one, you have a document. Uh, then you have a uh, teleprompter. Document is when you have more than 50 words in a slide. That's a document. Okay, don't call it a slide. Teleprompter is when somebody just stands there and reads the slide and uh, treats the audience as if they're juvenile. Uh, they can't read it themselves, and they drone on and on and on. But a presentation is something that uh, doesn't have, uh, has less than 25 words, and it's very simple, clean, and again, the person you uh, is presenting is the one you're listening to. Now, let's understand the proper role of graphics. It's as simple, really, as one, two, and three. And the first one is presenter-focused graphic support. Now, this next picture I'm going to show you is you've seen PowerPoint, I guarantee you, and you never really realized it. It was done well. And uh, so this next slide is illustrating how a PowerPoint is used every day and used well, and that is on the nightly news. Right there is a PowerPoint, right up in the left-hand corner. And if you notice, it doesn't have 50 words. It has two. And that's not the only example. There's another one, two words. Now, these are just recent. Uh, Another one, two words, and uh, very simple. And that right there is PowerPoint. Now, I'm sure that the people who design those graphics on the side, they do well, they get paid well, and uh, they're very good at their trade. They know the tricks of the trade. But the person who probably is pulling down the seven-figure salary is uh, Brian Williams there of the, because of the credibility that he brings to the news. But that is presenter focus graphic support. And, uh, for instance, if I were to take away Brian Williams, that would not make sense. You'd say, what in the world is that all about? Uh, but if I were to take the PowerPoint away and listen to Brian Williams tell us about it, it would make sense. So understand, it is presenter focus, graphic support. And uh, that is very important to understand. Uh, don't get the, too confused. Uh, next, less is more. Uh, good philosophy to live by. When in doubt, leave it out. Many times... Uh, especially when I first got started making slides, I'd, I'd show them to uh, many of the people in the office just to make sure. And a lot of times they'd say, no, I wouldn't put that up. Don't put that up. And, and uh, now I'm, I've done this enough in the sense that you begin to understand. Uh, there, there are a lot of PowerPoint uh, websites out there that I've looked at, tried to get ideas, but just a lot of them are very uh, grungy. They're very... Uh, they're innovative, but a lot of times they're very contemporary, and it's not something we'd probably throw up in the auditorium. They look cool graphically, but when in doubt, leave it out. And uh, thirdly, minimize eye sweeps. To understand that, we really need to understand how the human eye works. Um, in our culture, we read from left to right, and most handsomely printed books have the uh, large letter right there to draw your attention to the letter, and then again, your eye begins to read from left to right. And if you live in another hemisphere, you read backwards, but in our culture, this is how we read. And, uh, but when you read on a page, you're just looking at uh, really just a few inches, but when you look at a slide, you're talking about feet. So your eyes having to sweep across that a whole lot. And uh, so it's very important. But understand, again, you see that large letter A, your eye always goes from left to right. Now going back to this slide right here, we're talking about presenter focus. Notice how Brian Williams is always, the presenter is always on the right, PowerPoint's always on the left as this room is set up. Uh, I'm right here on uh, this side, and again, the PowerPoint's on this side. And I even thought about it even further. You may think I'm crazy, but my name badge is right here on my left. And presenter focus, graphic support. Just a small thought there for you. But uh, that is 
Uh, your eye, it, goes, it goes with the natural flow of the eye. The eye sees what's the most important, which is the presenter. That's the preacher, whoever's giving the presentation. And then just on the side is the support. And notice you never really see it this way. It's never reversed because it goes against the natural flow of the eye. Your, uh, the most important thing your eye should look at is really the presenter, not the PowerPoint on the so- side. And I thought this was kind of a humorous thought, but just to take it a step further, give you the hero-villain principle. The hero, and uh, if you ever see a, a play that's done well, he'll move across the platform from, uh, from this way, and he'll go uh, that direction. But, uh, in fact, here you see the... Uh, a uh, good guy coming in to take the bad guy out. Now, the villain, he goes against the natural flow of the eye. That's not the way we read. He goes against it. And uh, here's the bad guy coming in for the good guy and so forth. Now, here's this next slide I'm going to show you. And I want you to mentally visualize or take note of what your eye looks at first when I show you this next slide. Are you ready? Here we go. Okay, now, uh, probably when I threw this slide up, the first thing you did was you looked at the graphic then you read the text, and then you listen to me. So understand that is the first thing. One, two, and three. So understand when you throw up a slide and your pastor's preaching or somebody's giving a presentation and you're running it, understand the first thing they do is look at the slide. If there's a ton of text, they've turned off the pastor. They've stopped listening to whoever's presenting. And they've started to read the, They've looked at the graphic. Wow, that looks good or it looks poor. And they begin to read the text, and then they hear you. And so if there's something vital you had to say, uh, you, uh, you lost it. And so uh, keep that in mind. So just to review, presenter focus, graphic, graphic support, less is more, minimize eye sweeps. Uh, just some graphic design elements. These are slides are broken up into four categories, pictorial, relational, relational text, and numeric. And uh, numeric primarily would be uh, for charts and so forth that we do for meetings. I talked to you about the transfer of emotion, just to understand how the human brain works. We have two sides. The right side is emotional, musical, moody. Uh, women have uh, more of this side. Uh, left side, more men, dexterity, facts, hard data. Uh, that would be uh, the emotional part would be the PowerPoint. Facts would be what the presenter is actually giving. And so when you have both working together, it really works well with the communication and transferring emotion. Now, this next slide is just a typical slide of how most PowerPoints look. Sometimes maybe your PowerPoint has looked like this. Uh, Very small text, very hard to read, a lot of information, and these people are trying to get support for their war on terror. Instead of giving a presentation like this, why not show slides like this and say the same information that was on the previous slide? You're reading it right here as you show these pictures and you talk about how families have been affected and the war on terror, and how some even pay the ultimate price. I'm going to ask you today, how will you help these families? And uh, that right there is a simple illustration how you can effectively lead the audience through what you're trying to share with them. And it is the transfer of emotion. And you can do it in motion, or you can do it just in stills. Going back, uh, bullets versus sentences, just to give you the philosophy on this. Uh, newspapers have bullet points. We're familiar with bullet points. Right there at the top is a bullet point, and it's just a headline. A bullet is a headline, and I think our pastor does a great job, and much of what we show in the uh, presentations this week has his oversight, and he just does a wonderful job, and I'm thankful that um, uh, much of what I'm telling you, he's, he's taught me. And uh, there's a perfect example of a main headline, and, and, and 
there you have your subpoints. They don't have to be complete sentences. As you'll notice sometimes, I think even Monday night, Pastor did a great job. Uh, they weren't complete sentences, just, just bullet points. And uh, it did not distract from the message, at least, uh, at least for myself. You were, you were tuned, in, tuned in, you were engaged. Uh, what is word wrap? Here's what to avoid. A full sentence forces a bullet into a word wrap. Your eye just then had to sweep across the screen twice to read that sentence. And you want to minimize that. You want to, you want to break that up. Uh, talking about cr- crafting effective bullet slides. It's a typical slide right there. Uh, this is a clean slide right here. Talking to you about using the build You've seen slides like this, just how low can you go? It just keeps going and going. And if you had a, a bigger screen, you wish you could put more on. But uh, most people cannot think past subpoint number one. So uh, we just do the main point and then A and B. And uh, we have the handout bulletin we'll do Sunday mornings in the bulletin. That has all your sub-subpoints and with verses. We don't put verses on the screen. Uh, some churches do. We're not against it necessarily. Uh, primarily, I've, I've been to churches on vacation and such that do throw it up on the screen. And uh, I never really uh, enjoyed that for the sense they were always way behind. The pastor had already read the text by the time they found it. And it was, it was coming up, and, and it was just kind of a disaster. And, and so we more or less just put it in the slides. People can then take it home with them. They can read it, review it. Instead of just dissipating, people can learn their Bible, where things are at. It, it, so if you do it, that's fine. But um, maybe just uh, think about maybe... Um, the reasoning behind maybe why you do that. Priority rules for presentations. Here's a couple principles to keep in mind. Keep the font choices simple. Uh, as Baptists, we want to be effective in our budget, so we think we have every font. Let's use every one. And it does look like a ransom note after a while. <laughs> if you use every single font in the book, use a clear typeface. <clears throat> Here's something. This is what to look for. Simple lines, no weight variation, wide openings. If you notice, these are the fonts we use on the screens a lot. Uh, what to avoid, <clears throat> condensed fonts, openings are way too small. As you get farther back in the audience, it's harder to see that. And uh, we have good screens, so even uh, things like this. This is something to avoid extreme weight variations in the P, smaller lines. They can disappear at, at far distances. Keep the font size to a minimum of 36 points. Don't go beyond that. Uh, you're, you're younger, you probably can read that, but uh, sometimes people can't. This is the actual size on my screen, 100 points, what it looks like. We're in a small room here, but imagine if this was a much larger room. Uh, 36 points is about as low as you want to go. <clears throat> larger is always better. Text, here's a principle to live by. If you can, avoid using more than six words on a slide. I know that to some that's heresy, <clears throat> but that, that will help you. And uh, obviously I'm using more than six words to show this slide. But uh, if you keep that in mind as a principle, then you'll be able to shoot for that as a target. And uh, avoid using abbreviations at all costs. We don't, don't put things like uh, NT for New Testament. <clears throat> Write those out. Uh, Bible verses as well. If you're going to put those on the screen, uh, make sure you type those out. When it comes to images, <coughs> never, ever, ever uh, use clip art. That's just uh, uh, just a no-no. <clears throat> There's no sense really in, in today's culture to use clip art uh, when there are so many free images available. So uh, you don't need clip art. Uh, leave those for the... Uh, Older folks, and uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, no no offense. What I mean by that is, is simply we want to use professional pictures, and uh, there are many out there, and many are free. And never use uh, built-in sound effects. You know, the car zooming, it may be cool, but it's uh, not very professional. 
Uh, never use dissolved spins or other transitions. Just keep it simple. I know there's a lot of people will focus more on your transitions than they will your presentation. When it comes to backgrounds, keep them simple. And uh, there's we know it's money. You don't need to show us in the background. It has a dollar sign. So just keep it simple. Uh, avoid using bright colors. It's blinding to the audience. If you had to look at that, your eye, it's going to hurt your eyes after a while. And uh, use dark contrasting colors. So the second thing we want to talk about, just some simple principles uh, of how to craft a slide, the creative process that uh, we, uh, I go through. Pastor Chapel will give us his outline on Saturday for Sunday, and I'll go through that and highlight. Uh, of course, we make the handouts from that as well, but I'll go through and I'll look. Is there anything visually we can, we can present? Um, is there... Uh, uh, something that uh, we can visualize, a number, something. And I'll go through and I'll highlight it. I'll design the slide. Then I'll take it up to him. And uh, I'll show this to him. We'll go over it together as we did with the Monday night sermon. We went over that several weeks ago. And uh, I looked at it. It was a great sermon. And it was very easy to visualize. I had a lot of slides. We went up there. And he chopped about half of them. And said, no, let's not do that. It was good. Let's let's hold back on this one. And again, he he's, has the ultimate priority on that. And uh, but uh, I was just there to support him and uh, even came back and said, well, let's re-add that one. And uh, so I'll try to do my best, and it's important to go over that, go over it with him. You don't just want a, a Sunday morning surprise, and he's surprised. Wow, that's uh, interesting. You want to make sure he knew about it, and we'll talk about that in just a second. Organizing information. Uh, if you have a large presentation, larger than a sermon that you're putting together, such as we've had... Uh, fundraising type stuff for, for buildings. Those are large. You have a lot of people, a lot's at stake. Uh, you want to organize the information well. Uh, I read this somewhere, and I thought this is a good idea. I've never done this, but I thought you know, I may even need to do this at some point. For larger presentations, somebody recommended using sticky notes and using a felt-tip pen to write and draw on and to organize the information on a board somewhere. And they use a felt-tip because if you write legibly, uh, and if you can't fit everything on a little yellow notepad, it probably shouldn't go on the slide. And so you want to just keep that very simple. It's an easy way to count. You can rearrange it. It just helps through the thought process. If you're doing a larger presentation, something that's maybe a little more beyond a sermon or, or such. Um, if you've ever seen an Apple Keynote, uh, they do a great job at presentations. And uh, we, you definitely want to practice, practice, practice. Here's another shot at a different angle. If you can see it down there on the floor, he has seen what's coming up before it's presented. That is a great way. And m most times, for most pastors or, or, or that, that are they're preaching, there'll be somebody, they won't run their own PowerPoint. And so you, as the person running that, as I've done this week, you've got to be tuned in. And, and sometimes we'll mess up a time or two, but it's only maybe because something was jumped out of line. We have a cue card. We know what's coming up. Uh, we'll, uh, even Monday night at 6.30, I was in Pastor Chapel's office, and he went over one last time. Uh, just to, I'll say this, this will come up, this, this. And I felt so much better if you've ever run something like that. You're not, you know, your kidney failures coming, and yeah, you're panicking, and you don't, is that now? And you're back there, and the whole audience, they, they, uh, it's a fiasco. And uh, so we've even done that for uh, our vision night service. Uh, back at the first of the year, we had this large screen. It was, it was, a, it was unique. We've never done this before. There was an air of anticipation as people walked in, this large screen rear projection. We sat there on the front row, and they were right there on the front row. People could not see, but there was a screen we sat on the pew. Now, if you've seen the auditorium, we have it on the back uh, sound booth, and uh, that's not so the choir can 
sing the words, although sometimes they do. That's mainly for those who are presenting. They know what's uh, on the screen. They're not having to turn around, and it really has helped. And uh, now, if we make a mistake, it's right there in front of him. He sees it. So that's the only bad thing about it. If it was behind him, we could change it quickly before <laughs> somebody <laughs> turned around, and uh, the audience is, uh, has this look on their face. Uh, so now they see everything we do. When it comes to creating a title slide, here's a simple title slide. Give you an illustration. And uh, so you can find pictures. I had another, uh, I was, I was going to go on Google, but I, for the sake of time, I don't want to do that and show you ways you can look for this. There's a great website called iStock. It's called CopySpace. You can choose on iStock Photo where you do not want the picture to be. You can select in CopySpace. I don't want the picture to be right here where I want the text. And they'll just come up with photos that have uh, pictures off to the side. And that's uh, a great way to do it. Let's, uh, let's skip this. Uh, here's a, a title slide. Uh, title slide is what we refer to. It, that's kind of like your banner. That, that, that's up the entire service. Um, you refer back to that. As you'll see this week, it's our theme. Uh, announcement slides, try to keep them simple. Um, you don't want to put a lot of information on there. Here's who to talk to. Let me tell you about this wonderful event. And it's it just a lot of information. Say, visit the information center for more information or whatnot. And you want to keep your inf announcement slides very simple. When it comes to outline slides, there's an example. Uh, that's how we do it. Now, we have done outline slides. We didn't do it this week, uh, where we will give the sermon title graphic, and then instead of bullet points, we'll use points like this with a picture. That's point number one, point number two, point number three. And that works effective when you can find a picture. Uh, it's hard to find a picture sometimes of faith, hope, uh, those Christian terms, I've, uh, and the Internet doesn't have them. Uh, I've looked for them. So uh, here's an example. Just recently, pastor preached on a Wednesday night, and uh, this was in the paper. He gave it to me, said, can you throw this up on the screen? And we did. And it kind of gave it a kind of a cool clipping effect. It was just a PDF, cut it out, threw it on a board. And uh, what a great illustration for the book of Proverbs, as he talked about that night, uh, what path to choose. And a great illustration, again, seeing how PowerPoint can be used effectively. Uh, just to give you some quick thoughts about how to make a slide, uh, here is a sermon graphic slide. I don't always put the title for every sermon up, especially if I have a graphic like this. Maybe it doesn't fit. Uh, it's in the notes. And then based on that from there, that's our background. Now, how to make a background, here's a picture right here. And it's, it's hard to see with these windows. But you'll see off to the left, I darkened it up just a little bit there enabling to put the text so it pops out. Just kind of do a brush, dark brush, make it kind of opaque, and you can uh, put the text on top of that. You want that to pop. Here's a couple tricks of the trade. You may know some of these. You probably have better ones, but uh, here's a Photoshop file. I will um, uh, make another layer and then sometimes put a, uh, that's a Gaussian blur, and so it's very, kind of, it's got a blur to it. And then I'll do a hue saturation on that picture and uh, colorize it, try to pick the prominent color, which is the green, and then I'll just bring that uh, lightness way down. It gives a nice dark background, and then uh, you can throw the text on there. Again, you don't want to be a distraction. Uh, that's very dark, but uh, when the text is on top of it, you want it to be there, but not so noticeable. Um, opening the front door, here's a nice bright slide. Here was the original one. and. Uh, Dr. Chapel said, can you make that a little brighter? 
he likes bright slides, and that's a good thing. And uh, so we made a brighter slide, and there it is. And uh, again, same thing, the Gaussian blurred, pick the predominant color, and it's easy to see that text. Uh, looking back briefly at your notes, I wanted to look at number four. I put down number four in your notes, think like a designer. Then I put a, uh, underneath that, every decision a designer makes is intentional. Uh, when I design something, there, there's a purpose for it. And, and most people who design, you understand that you can say, this is why I did this. This is why I chose this color. And uh, put down number five, arranging elements. It's, it's laziness just to put everything on the slide. Uh, even skipping down to number uh, number seven, governing with templates. When more than one person generates presentations for your church, a well-built template is a must. If you have a logo, what you need to do probably is just make a template. It's, it, it's good when, when they walk down the hallway and everybody's on the same curriculum. It just looks well. Same thing with your church. Uh, come up with a template that everyone uses. I made one for the college that our teachers use, just the standard title slide. They put their uh, information at the bottom. Um, similar to this dinner series and then on the next slide it's just a dark uh, background that they throw their notes on and everyone's it's the same you walk through the building it's all the same and everyone's not here's a cool picture of wheat I thought I'd use and they use that it, it's, it's, it needs to be the same everywhere and um, then I put down number eight interacting with slides nothing should ever take away from the message of the preacher uh, again uh, we have shown videos sometimes, even in the service, uh, in a message, and uh, but we're very, very sparing with that, and uh, that's up to the discernment of you and, and your pastor. Now, uh, just to mention briefly, <clears throat> a book that uh, I've gotten this year I thought was great. I, I've read 12 books on this subject right here, PowerPoint presentations. Uh, 12, 11 out of 12 were worthless, to be honest with you. Uh, they, uh, they did not help me in any way. They, one book I, I found was, was excellent called Presenting to Win, and it's a secular book, but just great principles. And then this book I just got this year really complements the book Presenting to Win called Slideology, and uh, just a great book. And uh, not only does it present a lot of the stuff I've shared with you today, but it also gives some great ideas if you're uh, trying to come up with uh, visual graphics I need ideas, this will help you with some fresh ideas and uh, hopefully that's a blessing You've been listening to the Ministry 127 podcast Today we learned how to support the message without becoming the message from Andrew Jones, Print Media Director of Lancaster Baptist Church and Ministries This podcast was designed to equip spiritual leaders to grow in the word and develop a biblical philosophy of ministry for today's local church be sure to let a friend know about ministry127.com. Also, for Christ-honoring publications, please visit strivingtogether.com for resources that encourage spiritual growth and the local church ministry. Thank you for listening to this Ministry 127 podcast.